This is the Live Life Happy Podcast with Andrea Seidel, and it's episode number 106. Welcome to the Live Life Happy Podcast with Andrea Seidel. We're all about highlighting self-help, positive psychology, and books on well-being. We share the content and actionable advice so you can make normal life extraordinary. We are a community of lifelong learners, high achievers, and busy people. Get ready for your download so you can live life happy. I'm your host and addicted to reading, Andrea Seidel. Andrea here. I hope you're doing amazing. I was wondering, did you want to confidently create your own book? Have you ever felt overwhelmed and unsure or just daunted about the idea of starting, let alone finishing an entire book? Well, I have amazing news. I am hosting a weekend writing retreat coming up. It's on December 5th and 6th. And I love it because it's such a wonderful entry point to really create your first rough draft version of your book, right? What if there was a way that you could efficiently create your book and finish it in one weekend? Okay, I'm not going to lie. It is a rough version draft of your book, but still it gains so much momentum just by focusing and doing your book in one weekend. So I'd love to help you turn that hard earned knowledge and experience into a book. That is what I do. I'm a book doula. I created this book doula system that really helps turn dreamers into achievers and life changers through book birthing. I help expectant authors painlessly give their birth to their books. So whether that be in my weekend writing retreats, or I also have 90 day writing courses one-on-one where we co-create your book in 90 days. That's it. Okay. So I'm a best-selling author. I'm also a publisher and I've been helping people write their books and birth their books for many, many years. And I would love to help you write your book. So if you want to discuss your book idea or just brainstorm an idea, or you want to bring your book to life, I'm your girl. I would love to hear from you. So go over to my website at andreaseidel.com and it's time to stop thinking about writing your book and actually do it. Okay. I'm here to help you. Okay. Now back to the normal programming. Okay. I highlighted such an awesome book this week. It's all about, okay, you ready? It's about calming and quieting that inner critic. Now, I don't know about you, but do you have that thought inside your brain where, you know, sometimes it's like the meanest person in the world. It's like, oh my gosh, how stupid are you, Andrea? Why did you do that? Why did you let that happen? (laughs) Anyway, so all of us have these internal voices in our head. No, it doesn't mean we're crazy, but we do have voices inside our head that talk to us. And so this book that I highlighted this week is so great in so many ways because it really does help us make peace with our mind. And that's what this book is called. It's called Make Peace With Your Mind, How Mindfulness and Compassion Can Free You From Your Inner Critic. It's by Mark Coleman. This is such a great book. I'm going to highlight it today and I'm going to give you the summary and the highlights of this book that you can really, the actionable nuggets that you can take away and apply to your life right away. So the inner critic is that voice inside our heads that reminds us that, you know what? You're not good enough. It's that 
mean voice that's not like our best friend. It's that insidious, those insidious thoughts that just keep showing up and cause us to second guess our actions and even doubt our own value. That inner critic is very overpowering. And you know what? It's time to get it in check. Uh, We can manage it effectively. And in this book, Mark really does take us through the steps that can help us to understand and free ourselves from the inner critic. And he really does provide us with actionable tools of mindfulness and compassion to help us navigate this inner critic and this inner voice. So in this podcast, he this is going to be all about constructive insights and how we can, you know, really influence or disarm rather that critic that seems to creep up, that seems to take over, that undermines our goals and prevents us from feeling free and happy and prevents us from a flourishing life actually. So are you ready to make friends with yourself? (laughs) Are you ready to be your own best friend and activate yourself to a place of well-being and feeling really, really good? So we can transform our mind from this inner critic to best friend. And that's what this book is going to teach us. So welcome to the podcast. This is where I summarize and highlight these wonderful books, all based in positive psychology, where I suck out all the actionable nuggets so that you can apply the learning to your life so you can take action and really benefit. Now, if something sparks your interest, I always recommend that you go out and purchase the book and support the author because we know how hard these authors work, how much knowledge they have gained, and they're sharing that knowledge with us in book form. So it'd be wonderful to support the authors if things do support and spark interest within you. Of course, this is just a highlight, a summary, a takeaway. So the inner critic, and this is so funny, the way he put it in his book is he says, the inner critic is like a bad accountant. Did you hear that? <laughs> it only looks at the column that's in the red. So it looks at it does it looks at the liabilities, all the bad things, right? Without taking into consideration the assets. And now that's why the inner critic is like a bad accountant. And you know what? Sorry, accountants all out there, but this is what the inner critic does. It kind of has this really big negativity bias, and it's noticing things that aren't the greatest. And it's not necessarily true. Okay. So the critic is this in this voice inside our head. It's an epidemic of self-judgment. We literally notice the critic everywhere. Now he does talk about within our within his book that then we have what's called neuroplasticity. And what's great about it is that our mind is not hardwired. It's actually plastic and malleable. And what neuroplasticity means is that we have the power of choice. So it's not what we say necessarily with our mouth that determines our life. It's actually the whispers inside our head that have the most power. Our brain is like, it's like coding. Our brain is coded and we have the ability to change that programming. That's what neuroplasticity is all about. And it's about this idea that we can turn our mind, we can turn inward and be more mindful of what these thoughts are and we can change. So change is possible. That's the one main takeaway here. So the idea here is that your what we focus on, we have the power to choose what we pay attention to minute to minute and 
and it really does end up structuring and, and forming our brain. So what we want to start doing is really be mindful of what thoughts we're having, like what, what is our brain saying? And simply by shifting our focus and our attention to things that are more uplifting, things that are good, things that feel positive, it has a direct impact on our state of mind and in our, our heart as well, right? So what you want to do is start thinking about, and and one of the exercises is thinking about the bright side, right? Like next time you're in public, this is so fun. I want you to start to notice everything around you that is annoying. (laughs) And when you focus on the stuff that's annoying, it's amazing how you don't feel good. Like notice, uh, focus on shortcomings and annoyances and things like that. It really doesn't bring up a wonderful feeling. So the bright side exercise really shows you now you shift and focus on all the things around you that are uplifting, that are positive, that are you're grateful for, that have a direct impact on how you feel, the, the things that make you feel good. And what is it that you appreciate about the things around you and inside yourself? This reflection is so amazing because, you know, we can focus on the things that are, you know, all our accomplishments, on the gifts, on positive qualities all around us. And when we call to mind all these wonderful things, it really does allow us to shift our focus and shift our hardwiring in our brain. Okay. So this is huge, right? So turning into a more, the, the positive looking at your, at others as well as yourself is one of the ways that we can train our brain, um, to move from the negativity bias towards a positivity. Our brains are actually wired to notice the negative. Our brains are wired to be kind of like an inner critic, to be negative because that's meant to keep us safe, right? So this negativity bias is kind of, they say the way they describe it in positive psychology is it's really sticky and it stays around more. And we have this bias to notice the negative in our environment. So we need to train our brain we need to train our brain to see and and make the more positive, uplifting, wonderful things in our life, like everything we're grateful for. We need to focus on that more in order to offset that negativity bias. And uh, positivity actually doesn't have the same weight or the heaviness that negativity have. It does. It's not as sticky. So we want to make the positive um, things a little bit more sticky. So take notice of when that inner critic is joining in on that conversation, right? Um, Um, Like I know, I think like sometimes like it comes up, it's like, oh my God, I really made a mess of that meeting or whatever comes up for you. Like notice the voice. Um, And then he talked a little bit about um, imposter syndrome and imposter syndrome is thinking things like if they really knew who I was or, you know, um, like who do they think that I am, right? Or it's like, oh my gosh, if they ever found out, you know, like things like that. Now it's estimated that 70% of people actually have imposter syndrome. This is that, that critical voice, um, that really makes you feel like you're an imposter and that you don't belong. And it causes us to have this lower sense of esteem or worth. And so just understanding that, that that is a very common thing. So imposter syndrome is very common. And sometimes we get that inner critic or that voice that comes out because we have that feeling of being an imposter. Like, you know, what if they realize, oh my gosh, I don't really know this. 
All right. So the idea here is to understand the origin of the critic, right? We are wired to take things um, personally. Our brain thinks about 60 to 70,000 thoughts a day. So if you take a step back with awareness and you look at it kind of almost like a slideshow from a different perspective, you entangle, disentangle yourself from the thoughts and you distance yourself a little bit, you'll start to notice the impacts of the thoughts that you're having. And then Recognize that there, it's not necessarily true, that these things that you are saying to yourself may or may not be true, but they're just simply thoughts. Just see them as like bubbles <laughs> or see them from like zooming out the lens and looking at them. So the inner critic is meant to keep us safe. That's the bottom line, right? So it's a way, it's just, it's really just doing its job. It's trying to protect us from future hurt. It's trying to protect us from embarrassment or a feeling of rejection. Rejection. So the problem is that it doesn't always go away. It plays on and on like a broken record. So it's constantly repeating itself. So that's the problem. So we need to acknowledge the critic's value and that it does play a role. But at the same time, we need to intercept it when it's not helpful and when it's not relevant, when it keeps going on, right? Now, since we are social creatures and when he talks about within his book that we have this need for love and this need for affection, um, the critic is there trying to keep this in harmony. It's trying to keep us so that, you know, we're accepted in our community, that we have, you know, that we make people like us and, and that sort of thing. So the critic is there for a reason. It's trying to keep this harmony. So we have to really think about finding a need to like this, finding this need to be loved and cared for. The critic is that function. So it's literally helping us to survive, to avoid humiliation or loss of love. But there's a problem with this mechanism, right? That critic doesn't know where to stop. It just keeps going and going. It ruminates and it makes things worse. And it may not be uh, true. And we also can even mistaken it as, as, as reality. So it may not always be true. So consider like, do you judge, do you judge yourself or do you judge, um, your past or, you know, or, or even think about a time, you know, in your past, like, were you teased or did your siblings tease you? Or do you have friends that were, you know, had strong views about things? Um, and, and how, how did that affect you? Right? Like, is that where the inner critic comes from? I mean, is the inner critic like a drill sergeant of a parent that you had in your life when you were a kid? And then, you keep playing that same record in your head. So the idea here is just to really consider like how might your judging mind initially be developed from something in the past or something that, you know, has been programmed in your brain. And then the next step is to really consider the fact that you can change that. So recognizing that inner critic is the first step. So using mindfulness, awareness, just being, becoming more able to recognize when that inner voice is, is, is coming up, that cr inner critic, uh, it, when it's, it's arising, when it's showing up, right? Notice that voice and what it sounds like, what it feels like. And then you want to start to pay attention to it when those thoughts are coming up. So notice what they're saying. And then the next thing is to question those thoughts themselves, like thoughts, are they there? Is it true? Like, what is that thought? Or, or, and then the other thing is to give it a name, right? It's like, okay, 
like naming that inner critic. It's like, oh, there's, you know, crusty Kim coming out or, um, you know, negative Nancy. Um, it, it, the idea is to really take the ownership of that inner critic and kind of detaching from it as a thought. And that's all it is. It's not necessarily true. And then step four is to really begin to re- remember all your gifts, all your experiences, all your talents, is, talent, talents rather, and really take a stand um, of, of opposing or kind of talking back to that self-doubting thought or that inner critic. It's talking back to it and almost like presenting, well, wait a second. No, my, my brave self really says, wow, like you did an amazing job in that. <laughs> so the idea is just recognizing, the first step is recognizing that, that inner critic. And then also understanding self-judgment, right? Um, Sometimes we're so mean. So it really, this inner critic attacks our value. It attacks us fundamentally. It really attacks our sense of self-worth. It's terrible, right? We we think I'm not enough. I'm not worthy, like all these things, right? So it becomes really important to reconnect to your inherent value, reconnect to what it is that you appreciate about yourself, your own uniqueness, what makes you special on this earth. You know, you have value, you have worth. And the idea here is to rewire your brain by connecting back into this worth and what you what value you bring. So you want to stop that mantra of not enoughness, if that's a word, or, and, and just like really shifting it to a place of like quieting and silencing or making peace with that inner critic, recognizing when it's being deployed and the damaging effect of it. And then reminding yourself that you have, you know, you have value and that you, you have so many things to be grateful for and you have strength and you're not an imposter. And, you know, and the idea here is just begin to really tune into it, pay attention to it, and then shifting to a place of cultivating gratitude and, and, and recognizing your worth. And I love the way he put in his book, he talked about the inner boardroom. It's like understanding the voices in your head and naming the critics. So like, do you have like a killjoy or like a, a persecutor or like a controller or an underminer or like a fault finder or abuser. Like what's your inner voice? What comes up for you? It might be a penny pincher, a perfectionist, a judger, uh, you know, a nitpicker. What, what is your inner vo- inner critic? Like, what is it? So identifying your inner boardroom, like who, what's going on in that brain of yours? <laughs> so the impact of this critic is profound, right? It really does does affect how we run our lives. It affects how we move towards our dreams. It affects running away from fear and failure and and fear of criticism. So this inner critic is is really, really detrimental, right? We got We got to get it under control. We got to recognize it. And these judgments don't make us feel good. And these judgments, we start to believe them too. So one of the great things we can do is ask ourselves, is this true? What is this trying to say? It's stepping back and seeing it from a different lens. Like what might lie beneath this? How is this voice trying to keep me safe? Is it like out of control now? Do I need to turn down the dimmer on this inner critic. <laughs> um, and so just noticing if the critic is coming up in relationships or where they're coming up, where's the pattern? And just recognizing that is, is the first step. 
Okay, so then he talks all about how to work mindfully with the critic and the inner critic because, um, let's face it, it's going to come up. It's meant to be there. It's meant to keep us safe. So it's not like we're going to make it go away entirely, but we can make peace with it. And we need to do that by being mindful and offering ourselves compassion. Self-compassion is all about just being kind to yourself and treating yourself much like you would a friend and having an understanding and empathy for them. So So the idea first is just the power of awareness. So cultivating mindfulness is the key to hearing and noticing that inner critic when it's coming up. And then it's also about saying hello to judgment, like realizing that judgments are just thoughts. It's like, oh, hey, hey, judgment, I see you there. Thanks for, you know, trying to keep me safe. You know, that that judgment isn't really serving me well, um, just recognizing your judging thoughts. And then um, he talked about your Teflon mind. So really noticing like what's sticking. Remember that negativity bias, right? So the idea here is that we want to not identify with those judging thoughts. We don't want those negative, like the inner critic and the judgments to be sticky in our mind. We want them to kind of float off like Teflon. Teflon. You know, when you fry an egg in a Teflon plan, it just slides right out. That's what we want. When judgments do come up, we just want them to slide right out and not let them be sticky and not give them um, too much um, authority. And then uh, he talks all about uh, keeping it in the family. So recognizing the origin of the critic and identifying the critic's voice. Where did it come from? You know, if you can't identify exactly where it came from, it's like, okay, well, you know, where does it continue to show up for me? And uh, what's the voice? You know, what can I, what can I name that voice? And then make it funny. Like the joke's on you. It's like, oh my God, there's that crazy voice again. It's like, wow, they're really mean. It's like, if I, ever said that to anybody, you know, so it's kind of seeing the funny side of, and the ridiculousness of that critique or that inner critic and just finding the humor with it is really effective and it removes you from that critic's voice. And then also having a reality check around it. Like, are your judgments really true? Like, you are you really you know terrible at doing that? It's like uh, I don't think so. Like you know, so sometimes we're so mean. It's like uh, I'll catch myself looking at the mirror, going, "Wow, I look really tired." <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, you look tired, but you know, it's not like you look terrible. Like in the voice that's in my head is like, you know, it's like, okay, well, what do you need? I need rest. I need to go to bed earlier. Maybe I need some more water, you know, and then you just take action. It's like without, it's removing the judgment around it and just have it more of an observation, but turn down the volume on like the runaway critic. Uh, I could go off on a tangent about how tired I look and feel bad about it all day long (laughs) if I'm not careful. And then, so that's the reality check, right? Like questioning the the critic's view. It's like, well, you know, is that true? Do I look really terrible? Or, you know, it's like taking taking it and questioning it. Then the other part in his book, he talked about, sorry, I'm not interested. So the idea here is living with disinterest in that critic's voice. It's like, 
detaching from it. It's like, oh yeah, I hear you. Thank you. Uh, Thanks very much. Um, I'm moving on now. (laughs) It's almost like not showing interest in it and cultivating that idea of having no interest in that inner critic, like hearing it enough that it's keeping you safe, but then turning down the volume. So the idea here is the power of self-compassion too. So not only becoming more mindful of that inner critic um, in order to really make peace with our mind, it's also about the power of love and self-compassion. So it's befriending yourself. It's like, you know what? You're not your own enemy. It's about thinking about healing your inner wounds. It's about giving yourself that self-respect and love and care and regard. And the idea is, is that, you know, you have hidden strengths within you, you have value. And so you just need to open up to that value and and be your own best friend and turning that self-hatred to self-kindness and really cultivating self-kindness. It's like, you know what? I, it makes sense that I feel that way because that was really hard. It's like, oh, I understand that. It's like, you know, it's almost like being very kind to yourself instead of like being harsh and judging how you've handled the situation. Like, well, that was stupid. Like, how stupid are you to stay in that relationship when it was so toxic? That's so mean. It's like, it makes sense that I stayed in that relationship because there was a lot of lovely things about it. And I have hope and faith when it comes to people and I believe in humanity. So it makes sense that I stayed as long as I did. Anyway, so see things like that, examples like that. So transforming um, your pain, like go from self-harm to self-compassion, really developing this idea of self-compassion and, and kindness towards yourself, you know, and then also giving up hope for a better past. And that is so cool. Okay. I got to say that again, right? Giving up hope for, of a better past. So we can't rewrite the past. We can't, you know, so oftentimes we blame ourselves. So the idea here is to offer yourself forgiveness, foster self-forgiveness and, and recognize that the past made you stronger in this moment. And the idea here is to not critique and turn down that inner critic and just offer yourself self-forgiveness. So that's it. This book is so good. There's so many wonderful tips in here on how to make peace with your mind, how mindfulness and compassion can literally transform and move us and free us from that inner critic, because let's face it, it's, it's going to show up because it's, we're wired to, but the great news is, is that we have have the ability of choice and we have the ability to pay attention to that inner critic and maybe turn down the volume, recognize that it's there, honor it, but at the same time, not give it too much weight. (laughs) So that's it, my friends. I hope you loved this book. If you like this podcast, that's like personal training for your mind, you've got to come over to my website at andreasadel.com where I take all these books, I highlight, coach, and summarize the content in my unconventional book and coaching club. Let's face it, no one is sunshine and butterflies all the time, but we can make happiness a lifestyle. So I want to invite you to sign up at my website for my freebies and giveaways so that you can start each week positively. Finally, don't forget to subscribe on whatever platform you listen to, download and write a review because they really help grow the show.